Welcome back, community group leaders, to this episode of The Deeper Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us again this week. And we're joined once again by Joe. Joe, welcome. Hello. Good to be here. How's the week been for you? Uh, the week has been uh, busy. Yeah. Been busy, yeah. I'm, Any highlights I, from the week? Um, well, we did a stewardship day of learning on Monday. We had three different speakers who came to us via Zoom. Excellent. And really looked at uh, stewardship is really just a matter of discipleship where we're learning to be more and more like Jesus. The most generous person who's ever lived is Jesus. That's right. Well, excellent. How about that? You got more than you asked for. No, that's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then Lorraine, you're here. Welcome. We're glad that you joined us as well. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here. And I have a feeling one of the highlights of your week was where you just came from. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. I just came from uh, grandparents' day at my kids' school, my grandparents' or my grandkids' school. And um, I mean, you know... I. I'm going to speak to all the grandparents out there because it's just everything. It's just all, it's you just are the queen of the primetime group. You are. She is queen of primetime group. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. Oh, good. well, good. All right. Well, we're going to jump into this week. So, Joe, catch it up to speed. What is the big idea for this week? And then kind of how does this fit with where you were last week? Okay. Big idea for this week is last week we learned that the Spirit is the guide, a guide to a relationship with God in Christ. He's going to always point to Christ, and so He's always going to glorify, make Christ greater. So when He's in us, we're going to make Christ greater. And He's our guide then to show the truth of God, the power of God, and the love of God. This week, we're really good trying to picture what it looks like and what are the ramifications of the Spirit actually dwelling in you. And that's an important thing. And Paul r- repeats himself over and over and over. He ultimately says, don't you know that you're the bo- your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And uh, he does that to the church in Corinth. And in, in Romans 8, he really talks about when the spirit of the living God is in us, we have a new mind, we have a new perspective, we have a new direction, and we have a new identity. Great. Well, we're going to dive into Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be in verses... Five through seventeen, and so there's four questions we're going to ask, and we're kind of I'm going to read a, a couple of verses of it. We'll ask a question, okay. we'll discuss it, and we'll go on from there. So Romans chapter eight, I'm going to read verses five through eight for our first question, which says this: For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Heavy passage there, but here's the question. is The question that, Joe, that you ask in your message is, where, where am I or where are you setting your mind? So, Joe, do you want to just start us out and maybe even just give us sure. a little more handles of kind of what you're looking for? As so, when this? we ask this question, obviously, um, he's talking about the person who has the Spirit, the person who doesn't have the Spirit. Earlier, though, in Romans 6 and 7, he talks about even having the Spirit, we do things we don't want to do, and, or we don't, things, don't do things that we should do. Mm-hmm. And so, we have this tension conflict inside of us. 
And the role of the spirit is to really liberate us from the law of the flesh, which says, this is who you are, this is how you act, this is what goes... It's kind of that old operating system you used to have before Christ, that when someone was mean to me, I got mean back to them. When someone did uh, offended me, or when someone doesn't show me what I want in affection or in attention, that I act to get attention and to point attention to myself. That new, having a new mindset basically realizes, look, it's not about me anymore. This world doesn't operate for me, and I don't exist to make my name greater. It's a new mindset that you go, no, the Spirit is here to make my life more about Jesus. That means I point to, just like the temple in the Old Testament points to the glory of God and the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God and the, and the work of, of God for our lives for forgiveness, my mind has to be set on Christ. So for me, I set my mind on Christ. Uh, I I practice each day setting my mind on Christ when I come to the Lord in a time of prayer and in time of His Word. And that then at least calibrates me to true north. It's kind of the compass of my life, that as I go through my day and a lot of emotions come through and temptations to think about something and to process something, um, it, it challenges me to pull back and go, no, that's not the mind of Christ. That's not right. That's not true. That's not good. That's not loving. And so setting your mind on Christ, that's a daily, almost sometimes a moment-by-moment deal when you you walk with Christ. Do you have an example, even as you were preparing the message or something, as you, you know, looked at the scripture and were thinking about this, of an example of where, as you were in the scripture and going through your day, what was an example of something that popped up that was tempting you to... Turn away yeah, from that. so I've had over the course of ministry, I've had um, the temptation to think that uh, my worth or my value was in the size of the church or the size sure. of the budget yep. or a um, whole bunch of things like that's not the mind of Christ. That's the mind of the flesh that keeps track on how large things are or keeps more focused on numbers than on people and, and relationships. Um, so the mind of Christ for me has been look, my worth isn't on what I've done. It's not on what I have. Mm -hmm. I could fellowship could be a hundred people, and I'd be right in the center of God's will. Uh, It was a hundred people, and you were in the center of God's will. You sacrificed a lot. That's right. That hasn't changed. Yeah, that hasn't changed. And so that's how I set my mind on Christ. It's not, and and when I'm tempted to think that way, it's uh, it's obviously I'm thankful I have the Spirit indwelling in me that says, nope, that's not how I count. Yeah. Lorraine, you weren't at the run-through, so I'm going to go next and answer, and then we'll have you jump in. Um, So as I think about this for me, the season of life I'm in, it can easily just feel like you you live in scarcity. Mm -hmm. So family has a lot of demands with little kids. You know, Mm -hmm. life's expensive. There's a lot going on there. Work, you know, you can Mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed with things going on at work. So for me, the the tension of wanting to live in the flesh versus the spirit is, one, having that scarcity mindset, and then, two, just putting on me of like – it's all on me to, you know, make it's sure everything be. gets taken care of and done and that type of thing. So for me, it's just a daily battle reminder of don't live in scarcity, live in abundance. Right. And mm-hmm. God's got this. And so, yes, be faithful along the way, but trust God to provide in a season that might feel like there's more scarcity than abundance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Lorraine, what about you? I mean, in the aspect of um, what I do here, life care, it, it really is. Uh, when I'm tempted to go, okay, I have to have all the answers for this person. I have to be able to, um, you know, uh, 
counsel them with all the right answers, but really, honestly, um, it's not about me. And so I have to like take, um, I just go to the mind of Christ. I go to um, pointing them to Jesus and, and, and actually just taking a moment and sitting in the spirit and, and I will hear him just um, nudge me and say, tell him your story. Tell him what I've done in your mm-hmm. life. Just witness for me. Yeah. And wow, does he do amazing things just in that. So really all I am is a vessel yeah. um, who's obeying. Yeah. And this also means that when you don't know what to do, you have the mind of Christ in you through the yep. power of the Spirit. So you can stop and go, God, what would you have me think yep. about this? Yes. What do you think about this? Do you know how <laughs> how many times I could have prevented a failure or giving into temptation if I would have just paused and go, wait a minute, the mind of Christ through the power of the Spirit and in the, in the presence of the Spirit in me yep. is never going to never going to hide or cloud the truth. And so that's a good question. If you don't know what to do, uh, our eyes have to be on on you. That's that whole picture of looking at to the mind of Christ. I mean, it really comes into play with all of our relationships too. I mean, with my husband at home, if I'm irritated or, you know, I I don't get the answer, I have, I have set an expectation and it didn't come. I can take a moment and say, okay, Lord, what do you think about this? What mm-hmm. do you say about this? How do you see him in this moment? And it it saves yeah. a lot of <laughs> it. It is very life saving, actually. Yes, Lauren, you're so kind. I can't imagine any of those emotions <laughs> coming over you. Okay, I'm pretty human. <laughs> We're going to go on to verses nine through eleven, and here's what it says: it "says you, however, are not in the flesh." But in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the question for that section is, how are you viewing the world around you in light of eternity in you? I'm okay, going to so, repeat that one more time. Yeah. How, how are you viewing the world around you in light of eternity in you? Yeah. Well, Paul says that, right? He says, look, if you have the spirit of God, that same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will ultimately resurrect your mortal body someday and bring you before the presence of of God. And and therefore, we have that, we have a new perspective on life. What you see is not what it is. And so, later in 2 Corinthians, um, Paul talks about um, we we have this treasure in jars of clay. Then he'll say, um, even though our outer selves are wasting away, our inner self is being renewed. And then ultimately, so you don't fix your eyes on what's seen, but what's unseen, because what's seen is transient or temporary. What's unseen is eternal. And so we have eternity. And so that's another prayer to the Spirit. Lord, show me what lasts forever. We say God is word and people, but we don't always know how those things interconnect with our lives. And so I need to know what's real, what's going to last forever. I need to realize that even if I lose something here on earth, I've never lost Christ. And that's the assurance I have uh, with the Spirit bearing witness that I'm a child of God. Yeah. 
So for me, what do I need to, what was the question again? What perspective? Yeah, how am I viewing the world around me in light of eternity in me? Okay, I'm only, um, I only wrote that question and I forgot my own. It's okay, so, okay. <laughs> it's okay. So I think um, for me, I have, to, I have to look at, especially when I lose something that's temporary mm-hmm. for me to put it into perspective because mm-hmm. I can get super angry if I'm viewing that thing as part of me or what, what life truly is. And sometimes you don't know how important something was until you lose it and or it breaks down or doesn't function anymore and it's good for me to go, well, that's, that's just, that's going to rot or rust mm-hmm. or be, or just go out of date. That's not eternal. It's good to call out what's eternal and what's not. Yes. Lorraine, what about you? It is all about perspective t- for me. Um, a, an eternal mindset for me changes everything. It changes the way you look at people. It changes um, the way you react to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, And loss in my life has also really um, helped me in this. It puts absolutely in priority what is important and what is not important. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it really... Um, loosened my grip on things and stuff and um, even my own um, ego, just, all th- you know, my flesh, mm-hmm. all those things, because I just, just looking at it in light of eternity is, um, uh, it gives everyone a value that you, your flesh and your mind, your finite mind can't do. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, Kind of on the first one where I shared, like, in this season, it's a kind of the daily thing of, like, just, you know, feeling scarcity. I think as I spend time in the Word, as my wife and I sit together and pray together and talk about this, we really try to figure out, okay, how do we leverage the time that we have? Even if on a daily it feels scarce, how do we mm-hmm. leverage this to be intentional with our neighbors or just those things that God's calling us into? Um, like, recently, um, we've just really felt like, like we want to be a part of helping launch a foster adopt ministry. I know we've had them here before, but Brody had an opportunity for us to once a month have people over. And we said, you know, even though we do feel scarcity of time, this is something that I think God is calling us into. So let's figure out how to make time for that and those Mm -hmm. types of things. So yeah, I think that's an important mindset to have of the big picture and eternity versus just the daily things that we get consumed by. Sure. Okay, let's go to 12 and 13. says this, so then brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, so this question is, what is the destination of my direction? What is the destination of my direction? And just to put that into perspective, um, Paul is basically saying you have a new obligation. You have a new way to go. You used to be in debt and enslaved to sin. Now you're set free. But it just doesn't make sense for you to live in the flesh anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're indebted to. We're indebted to Christ, which leads us down a new direction for our lives. And every direction, as we say here, has a destination. And sometimes we don't intend to wind up in the destination, but if we end up in that destination, we probably go back and reverse engineer it that there was a decision involved in that. There was a way that I took. And so um, the direction that I want to go every day is to make Jesus greater. We're just like the temple on earth when it was here during the time of Paul in Jerusalem. My life points to the person and the work of Christ. And the destination with that is not just eternal life, but a far better life in the now that I'm not consumed or crushed by people's opinions of me. I'm not uh, overwhelmed 
by my promoting of myself. So where I, not just what people think, but even how I view myself, that's not determination of my, my um, I, you know, significance. Mm-hmm. So, Great. Lorraine, what about you? Um, the direction that I leave, I, I spend quiet time every morning and um, in the Word, but then I, I get quiet and I get still and I talk and I ask Him, like, if, for, instance, for instance, if I'm praying for someone, I'll ask Him, do you have anything you want to tell me about that person? Or sometimes I'll just say, God, what's on your heart today? Mm-hmm. So that just kind of sets the tone for my day. And um, I am just so um, motivated after that to walk in the spirit all day long. And I mean, it's kind of a conscious, a conscience, constant, um, letting him lead. Um, it's what helps me to do that is, I mean, how many thoughts do we have every day? A lot. I've turned every thought and I've, a couple of years ago, I started doing this. Every single thought I have is now a conversation with Jesus. And so I'm kind of the crazy lady who walks around talking to (laughs) herself, but, um, but it, gosh, it helps me because, um, I, someone in front of me, maybe, um, get a, not a fleshy reaction for me because I'm speaking to Jesus in that moment in my head. And so um, that is my goal every day. That's mm. that's what I want to do because I know that when I walk in here every day or if I'm with my grandchildren or my husband, um, what they're going to get from me with the Holy Spirit is far better than me, than mm-hmm. anything I can do. He's the best part of me. And um, it's also going to point them to Jesus and... and um, uh, make them want that as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like that phrase, best part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we tend to focus on a character trait we have, um, things of our past accomplishments, the best yes. part of me, uh, who I am when I'm all that I want to be. Yes. You know, the best part of you is the Holy Spirit because who yeah. you are when you're aligned to who Christ has called you to be, yes. that's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah, for me in this season, the the direction that I really want, I mean, going on what you guys both said, yes, to make Jesus greater. For me, what that practically looks like is just deepening relationships. And so having those callings that Joe's talked about. So I want my direction to be, I want to deepen my relationship with Jesus first and Mm -hmm. foremost. How am I deepening my relationship with my wife? How am I deepening my relationship with my kids and then those around me? And so as I kind of, you know, think through these questions, if my season is can be the flesh can be more scarcity and okay, here's the things I've got to get done. And, you know, I feel overwhelmed. So I'm going to just try to go faster, all these things. I want my destination not to be where that leads to. I want it to be the slowing down, waiting patiently Mm -hmm. and how in the midst of the things that I'm doing, how am I being focused on the relationship in the midst of that? So for me, that's just, that's really what the direction I'm really wanting to be intentional on through, through this season. Okay. We got, Last three ver- uh, four verses, I guess. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Here's what it says. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So the final question that we have in our time today is how are you relating to God? 
Okay, that's a really key thing that the Spirit uh, comes, and it even says later that the Spirit of God intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, that the Spirit is our representation in heaven. So when we when we relate to God, the Spirit helps us relate to Him, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're no longer someone enslaved to this world. You've been set free. You've been adopted into a new family. You belong here. You're beloved. You're a beloved child of God. Man. How you view yourself based on the Spirit, the Spirit wants to remind you, nope, you're a child of God. Yeah. You're not that person. Yep. Um, on the other hand, you're not that great. <laughs> you, you have a heavenly Father. You're the, you're the son of Him. He's made you all you are. Yeah. Any more than a, a wealthy kid could say it's all because of them, you know? So, we, we that the Spirit of God, I've learned, and I'll be sharing this in my message, that... Um, there were years in my walk with Christ where I saw myself as a rule-breaking disappointment to my Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think I measured up. And you know how you have a smirk from a parent mm-hmm. when they go, yeah. where did that come from? What are you, th- what are you talking about? Yeah. I felt those were the eyes of God for me. And it really wasn't how God's Word told me, and nor how the Spirit was wanted to tell me. And so listening to the Spirit tell you through the Word of God that you are a child of God and you can call Him and He responds to you like an infant, like, like a mother responds to an infant, um, you have, you have that, that relationship with Him. So am I a beloved child? That's the question. Or am I uh, a rule-breaking disappointment? And the answer is, is I'm a beloved child and that changes how I relate to my father. Oh boy, I have been on a um, a journey the last several years of understanding um, who my father is, who my heavenly mm-hmm. father is, and it, not just who he is, but who I am in him, who I am to him. Um, and you have to really um, throw off and heal uh, from all that stuff from your past, all those wrong ways of thinking. And so just tuning into the, gosh, the spirit helps me so much. Just those quiet times, those training myself to get in that word, um, read that word and take it upon my, let the spirit, because like you said, Joe, his spirit and my spirit are one. Mm -hmm. And so just letting that come alive in me and believing that about myself, about him, about how he feels about me. It's been a, it's been a really wonderful um, journey for me. And, um, you know, I, when I pray to him now, I call him Abba because it just feels like he's my Abba Mm -hmm. and it, it, it um, has changed the way I relate to him. Just, um, just believing, who, getting to know his character, and then believing mm-hmm. that that character and how it feels about me or how he perceives me um, yeah. has changed the way that I um, relate to him. And one of my favorite things, the aha moments over the last couple of years, is you know we all hear that. Um, that verse that says his perfect love casts out fear. Well, for the longest time, I just you know it's a lovely verse, but I, it just I didn't really get the grip the the grasp of it. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, do I do that now! I, I like he, his love. I feel it, and I'm allowed. I've allowed myself to feel it because I've allowed him to heal um, so much of the wrong thinking, mm-hmm. and so that perfect love covers me in such a way that. Um, 
I can honestly say there are days I am fearless. Hmm. There are moments that I'm fearless, and that's not me. It, that's the mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah, that's, that's great. me giving him um, more and more control. Yeah, isn't that key word for the spirit? Surrender. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Complete surrender. But you, Jeremy? I don't like going after Lorraine. I know. She, just, she, she just hits, hits the, the ball right. out of the park with pretty much every answer, doesn't <laughs> yeah, she? That's right. <laughs> uh, that's the spirit working in you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So for me, I think the image that I've had of uh, our Heavenly Father is of a coach mm-hmm. and of a coach being like, hey, you can do more, you can do better, you know, give me one more rep, that type of a thing. And so where in some ways, like, you know, they can give you discipline and some of those yeah. things. It can also easily go towards performance yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know, I need to meet a certain measurement or a certain mark or a certain outcome or something to, to gain the, the mm-hmm. love of my Heavenly Father. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's shifting that to knowing that I am a child of God and that I'm fully loved by Him no matter what it is I do. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's, that's a shift that I've got to continue mm-hmm. to, to make with Him in my life. Does it help you as a father now? Yes. To just relate how you feel about yes. your children. And- yes, definitely. I, I don't I, I don't have expectations of them mm-hmm. other than I want them to love the Lord and love others and whatever they end up doing, like as long as they're in line with where the spirit's leading, I'm like, I'm I'm good with that. Yes. So Yeah. With that, Lauren, could you just pray for our groups and I'd our group leaders? To. I'd love to. Um Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful groups that we have here in this church and for the leaders who step up um, to lead them. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would fill their homes and their times together with um, your wisdom and your um, uh, the breath of your Holy Spirit. Let it just breathe through them. And um, Father God, I just uh, pray that... Um, each and every one of them as they sit in your word and gather and even when they're just having fellowship, Lord, that they would um, surrender to your Holy Spirit and, um, oh gosh, just feel that beautiful, um, amazing feeling that that gives and that it would just, um, it would just just flow through them, not just in their group, but into their families and into um, our, our Topeka, our city, that it would just flow out into the city and the community. Um, Father God, we just give you all the glory, and I just thank you, and I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, with that, we just have two brief announcements. The first one is the father-daughter dance coming up October 27th. If you haven't registered and you have a daughter, make sure you do that. And the final one is Operation Christmas Child. We had 500 boxes taken this weekend. Wow. After each of the services in the atrium, the lines were just filled. So uh, if you want to be involved, they're going to be there the next couple of weeks. And so make sure you grab uh, a shoebox. Again, if if you're a young family and you're trying to figure out how to get your kids involved in missions and that type of thing, this is a great first step. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of that. With that, groups, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.